Hi, I'm Jessica. And I'm Jutton. Hey, Jutton. I am so excited for you to be our special guest and co-hosting Informs podcast with me today. Stay informed. Today, we're exploring demystifying AI and what are the benefits of utilizing a fintech for complex AI versus building this technology in-house. Jutton, can you give me a little bit of information about your background and what you do at Informed? Yes. First, thank you for having me. This is exciting. And a lot of big words there. So hopefully we'll break it down. So I'm Jatin. I love to call myself an engineer, a builder. I have a background in engineering. I have done my master's in machine learning. So I spent a bunch of time in that. I've worked at Microsoft before coming to Inform. And I think I joined Informed about four or five years ago as a machine learning engineer. And that time we were a very small team figuring out what to do. So that's what I worked in. Earlier at Informed, I dealt with all the challenges of applying AI into auto lending as we were doing that time and figuring out how to get around it. Over time, I have gone from doing engineering to moving to product just to see how using AI technology, which has been my strong suite and how I can use that to actually solve complex problems in fintech because I realized just because we have this AI tool, it doesn't mean we can solve a problem and make something that people really want. So that's what I've been working at Informed for the last few years. Thanks. And I think that's a great background. And that's why you are one of our first guests here at the Stay Informed podcast. So um, thank you so much. I think you're the perfect person to start exploring what AI means for auto lenders. Like you said, we like to throw out a lot of big words, buzzwords, and uh, a lot of think people think about AI as science fiction and how can we actually utilize AI safely and to solve a problem, like you said. I think it's really key that uh, you know, we go back there and engineers are building and, and creating all of these cool things, but how can we actually use that in a day-to-day uh, to solve problems? So I'm excited. Let's get started. Um, so Jutton, everybody's talking about AI. What do you think that it means for auto lenders right now versus the futuristic science fiction? Um, that's, a, that's a good question, right? And it's a question I've been thinking about a lot as we build out this company. AI is just a blanket big term, which people think one day will take over the world. And the reality is maybe it will, maybe it won't, but doesn't matter. For most people, like any auto lender, what matters is, can it help solve the problem they are facing today? Be it bringing efficiency, be it reducing biases, be it making them scale more, be it making them smarter about making decisions and making more accurate decisions being more data backed. It just has to be about that. AI is not a place where AI can be talked about in isolation. It has to be talked about in a way where it helps you to do something that you were not capable of previously. Yeah. So what do you think is one of the biggest assets for informed? How are we really helping solve that problem with AI? So informed has been working with auto lenders for past five years. And we are one of the few companies that understand auto lending and AI really well, right? You go outside, you have a bunch of companies that are either in auto lending, have no background in AI or are just cool AI technology companies. Informed is a good blend of both. We have identified a bunch of problems ranging from inefficiencies in document automation, inefficiencies in managing all the unstructured data that exists out there, unable to draw insights out of that because let's face it, most of the information is in documents. 
it's not available to you in a database or in a way where you can easily make the most out of it. So informed started going to the data because we all know this at this point for AI, the most important thing is data. So which is in documents. So informed today is helping all the auto lenders unlock all the data that exists in these paper documents. And most of the auto lending industry today still deals with paper and all the information around auto loan is in these documents. So what Inform does is today, if a lender has to fund a loan, there is a bunch of paperwork involved. Inform can take all that paperwork, extract all the relevant information, classify all the documents, make generate, find, identify fraud that is present on those documents, identify any other issues that exist and make all of the data structured in a way where lenders can use it to perform their day-to-day -day operations. Yeah, that makes sense. From your perspective, though, you said, you know, you came from an engineering background, super technical, masters in, uh, you know, machine learning, very impressive. But, you know, and now you're in product. What do you, you know, and I, I would assume that you went to product to try to answer some of those um, problems and solve some of those problems. How do you bring your AI machine learning background and merge it from a product perspective to create better products for informed, like you said, so that you're focused on making sure that you're really adhering to the mission of making a better credit decision, making better decisions with AI. Yes. So one thing we have been focused on is lowering the cost of credit in the country. Right now, it's a lot of effort to actually be able to provide credit, which increases the cost. So me coming from machine learning really helps me analyze a problem more holistically. So when I was in engineering, one thing that always baffled me was, hey, we have all of these products. Why can't customers just use it and be happy with it, right? What stops them? Google, which has a bunch of document automation tools, there's Amazon, there is a million companies out there that do this, right? Why can't it just work? Why are they still unhappy? Why are their needs unmet? When I moved to product, I realized that it is not about technology, right? Bank executive can't just say, hey, we have AI, now our problems are solved. So when I came to product, I started talking to customers. I realized what the actual pain points were. Why does the process not work? And coming from AI, I was able to use that information, figure out how AI can be modified, adjusted in a way that actually solves the problem. And as a result of that, we have been able to build a product that cuts down the funding time, reduces the cost of credit, increases the accuracy and reduces the error rate that is usually presented funding autonomy jackets. Yeah, I think that makes a whole lot of sense. And whenever you talked about kind of, um, you know, optical character recognition and understanding how that plays into effect with uh, informed, you know, I started thinking and, you know, I've seen some of your presentations and deck and kind of the background of AI and how informed utilizes. And I know when I was in the banks, I used to be asked all the time, like, so is it just an OCR company? And I know that we're so much more than OCR. Um, and I used to run the Automation Center of Excellence. And, you know, I, I have this like term where we used to have RPA and which is robotic process automation. Um, and I had a team that would just go in, we would workflow all of these documents, processes, and then see how we could um, 
improve them from just basic, you know, workflow engineering to like specific, you know, automations utilizing what we call bots that are very small, basic bots. And we had an automation orchestration tool that uh, enabled, you know, one bot to, you know, create a document, the document, then another bot would save down that document and create it. What I really love about Informed is that we take all of those variations of automation, right? Like the OCR, very basic use of automation, the RPA a little bit more heavy, and then, you know, generic and vertical AI, all these complex machine learning and uh, large language models. And you start creating this platform of different types of automation. And I think the biggest part of being able to solve a real problem is knowing when you need a really sophisticated automation and when you need a really basic automation. So can you tell me how you use some of that? Like when, when is it right to use OCR and why does Inform use OCR? But then why do they also make these higher function intelligent automation processes and when is the right way to use it and how? Um, how do you decide that? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think it is not a very straightforward thing. So it's very easy to bucket everything as OCR. If you're reading text of an image, everybody thinks it's just OCR. But there is a bunch of use cases where you might need different tools. For example, initially, most of the information, as I said, is in paper somewhere. One of them is books. The first use case of OCR was reading books, right? You have this 500 page book, you have you need a way to digitize that, that data so people can read their books on their Kindles or any other digital form. Over there, let's say there are 5,000 words on the document. You get 4,500, 4,800 correct. It's not a big problem because it is language. You can, you don't need to know each and every word to make out what it actually means. You can deal with those inaccuracies, right? And the problem is very well defined that, hey, books are written in a paragraph just keep reading it top to down, left to right. In auto lending, it doesn't work like that. There are so many different documents and the OCR models that are generic, that are trained by the Google, the Amazon and various big companies out there are not optimized for that. You are looking at title application that every state has a different format, right? You're looking at unstructured data, like a, something like a payslip. For a paystub, it's not easy to understand what value corresponds to what field. Even as a human, we get confused. What is shift pay? What is regular pay? What is vacation pay? How is that different from holiday pay? Or maybe they are the same things. So there are a lot more nuances when you get into specific use cases. And your freedom to make an error, your ability to just assume that we can auto-correct it later is not there. Let's say the amount on the document says that you make 4,500. But for some reason, you read it 4,800. Now, that could be a big difference in how you make your decisions. With most cases where you're reading book, that's not as big of a problem. In this case, that's what decides how much you lend out, what should be the interest rate, do you want to fund this deal? So the requirement of your accuracy is substantially high. Other thing that you want to make sure in lending industry is that your, your model is not biased. Now, we all know that AI is focused majorly on annotated data. So, and we all know that data is not completely unbiased, right? Because historically, it's unfair to say that data has been evenly distributed across all the protected classes. So your model might be 
more biased towards certain classes. Now, being able to prove that it's not the case is also critical when you're in the lending industry. At the same time, just because you can read the information from a document accurately does not mean you can enable your lenders to fund a loan or to make a decision quickly. Because as I said, sometimes the pay stub might say vacation pay, sometimes it might say holiday pay. Who decides if they are the same things? When you go buy a car, you can buy multiple products. You can buy a maintenance plan, you can buy a tire wheel plan, an appearance plan, a bunch of other products, right? Sometimes you can buy all the products from the same vendor, from different vendors. Now, how do you understand that complexity and be able to figure out what the person has actually bought, what they actually mean, and how to go about it? So you have to build an understanding layer on top of extraction. Now, that understanding layer is very domain-specific. Somebody outside your lending industry does not know what a gap is. And without understanding that, it's very hard for you to know how to understand the terms and conditions, how to interpret various parts of the document. So, for example, the document might say debt cancellation was bought for $500. How do you know it is the same thing as buying a gap or is it a gap waiver? Is it a gap insurance? So there are a lot of small nuances that come into picture, even after you can read the exact text and to understand that you need to build those higher order functions. And what kind of AI is building? How do you build these higher functions with AI? What are, what are those referencing? So it's, it's not one size fits all. There are a bunch of things you do. Sometimes you have this big knowledge graph, which has all the entities, all the things that exist, the relationship in there tells you what is same, what's not same. And sometimes you have a bunch of rules because we all would like to believe that AI can come solve everything. It cannot, you have to build that guardrail around it. You have to explain that, Hey, do not cross this. Even when you're using something like chat GPT, which most people are, you give it those prompts, do not talk about hate speech, right? You start building those guardrails. So same thing in, in our software, we built a bunch of rules that, hey, if you think if you think that the holiday pay is written in a jumbled order, maybe something is wrong or like just figure out the outlier. So we have a bunch of rules. We build knowledge graph, which stores all that data and we have a contributory database. Now, what that does is today, if I see a bank statement from Wells Fargo, which is 18 pages, my system might get alerted that historically we have never seen this long of a bank statement. What is going on? Right? So we have this historical data where we have processed millions of documents, which are used to ensure that anything we do today is not an outlier. We'll rather have a human review an outlier than just say, Hey, we know what we are doing. Yeah. So, I mean, that brings up a lot of points and you've made it very clear that auto lending is, is very complicated. And then on top of that, automating auto lending can be even more complex and um, it's much more detailed than just OCR. And there's layers of kind of a building up a ladder, of, if you will. Um, so we kind of talked about OCR, there's robotic process automation, talked about really having scalable processes, doing utilizing unstructured data, um, really having those intelligent automations. 
Um, and whenever you start talking about intelligent automation, it's really saying you're creating those higher functions so that you're high accuracy. Um, and then how do you ensure that whenever you make those decisions that you're one, making the right decision, right? Use a lot of scary words, right? Um, like bias and, you know, credit and financial decisions. Why do you, how do you know that that is truly the right decision? That's a very good question. And I think it's a cost that it's a lot of work that we do that people don't realize. Building AI model is not the hardest part of the job. Ensuring that it, act, it is actually correct, it is unbiased, is the hardest part of the job. Most of the time spent by our engineers is to make sure the data they're using is clean, is unbiased. So they, we have a bunch of things we do internally to ensure that we work with third party firms to ensure our models are unbiased. We also have an in-house team of annotators who annotate data and do we have a, we also have a QA processor on that where every day they sample random deal jackets which basically means applications in auto lending and they manually go through all of them annotate all the data in that and we benchmark our software against that so in last five years we have hundreds of thousands of documents completely manually annotated corresponding to auto lending by human experts which are in-house and we also have bunch of other QA processes that make ensures that those are right annotations. At the same time, we have we track a lot of metrics like concept drift, which basically means that the data we see on production coming in, does that differ than what we have seen in the past? So we track all of these metrics. And if we see anything going red, we do have experts going and in, looking into it and seeing what is actually going on. And when we have some questions, we reach out to a bunch of our customers to ensure that what we are doing is actually correct and in line with how they would expect. We do have SMEs internally on the legal side, from auto lending side, where we keep talking to them to make sure that the decisions we are making are actually in line and do not add any bias to the process. So it's a lot of work to do that. Like just the modeling part, the AI part is probably the smallest part. We today have contractual commitments to our customers around precision, which almost no company does because that's the added cost. We have to have human experts manually analyze our model regularly. Like it is a big cost that we incur to make sure that our customers can trust the results, use them to automate their processes. Yeah. So I think, you know, we talked about how we make sure that we're not biased within our AI machine learning. You've, you've mentioned that it's very cost um, sensitive. Do you think that that's one of the reasons why it's, you know, AI has been talked about for so long, but that it's really not everywhere? Or wh why do you think that AI is not really utilized as often as we would expect it to? Because it seems like it would be answering so many questions, right? Yes. So that's a very good question, right? You see, ChatGPT has been what two years. I'm sure you have used it. I have used it. But if I tell you, whatever work you have, if you write a blog or if you record this podcast, give it a prompt and just copy paste it and publish it. Would you do that? No. <laughs> Why not? Because I want to make sure that it's uh, correct. I want to make sure if I put my name on something that it's the uh, you know representative of what I think. And you have been using it for, let's say. It feels like two years, but I don't think it has been two years, but it's been a long time. Why have that trust not been there yet? You've been using it for a long time. 
Um, I think, you know, you hear a lot of things, you know, go around. I've heard, you know, that you shouldn't use chat GPT, that there's some kind of like copyright policies. And I guess it's just kind of the unknown, right? Like, where is it getting all of its data? It's not sourced, sourcing the data. And, you know, it's been in the news so often that you start feeling like, is it something that you can trust? And do you want to put your personal brand associated to something that you don't know what, what is the full output? That's the main problem. Yes, AI can solve a bunch of problems, but is it good enough that people are willing to put their name online? Something like ChatGPT, right? Like it's an easy example because people can relate to that, but you build a lot of safeguards around that, right? We today do not ask our lenders to just turn on this AI machine and say, hey, it'll keep funding everything. We do have a interface where loan officers can go in and it shows them how it's doing it. We make it transparent. Right. Imagine if ChatGPT didn't tell you what it was writing, it can just publish it. You'd never use it. It shows you what it's writing. Again, it can be better than that. It can show you where did it get the data from. If it can show you the sources, hey, I wrote this, I got this from these five websites. It shows you more transparency, right? So we do the same thing. We show how we got the data. And we yeah. show the, to the customers why we're doing a certain things. Yeah, I definitely think that's key of having, you know, we have an audit trail, understanding how these data elements became what we known. And I think the other component is having, you know, ensuring that uh, we utilize the Verify IQ as well as our core products in a way that, you know, the human decision, the lender is still making the ultimate decision. They're using, you know, end-to-end -end automation, but there is you know, a human on loop component of making sure that whenever we don't feel 100% confident, somebody is manually reviewing it. So they're still becoming more effective, providing more better decisions and more intelligent decisions, if you will, because they had a lot more data than they historically did, but they're really still utilizing us as a co-pilot um, whenever those kind of issues come about. And as you previously, you had a question around coming to product. I think that's a one big change that I have seen in me as well. Before it was just about the AI and the solution. Now it's about actually solving the problem, which could be a bunch of things coming together, right? So at this point, Informed is a platform which does all of these things, right? We provide you all of those components to make sure that you can achieve what you're looking for because there's no one solution which can give you everything. Yeah. Right. You're going from an age of where humans would do everything to you want it to be AI assisted, you want to be you want to leverage all of these new tools. It is a big transformation. I think in all of your answers, there's some kind of component or element of data, right? That we need a lot of data. We're making sure data is accurate. So I'm sure, like you said, you've seen millions and 50 million, 40 million um, documents and data. How can we like feel good that this data is really being secure, right? There's so many, you know, breaches. There's so many kind of items like if AI is going to continue needing so many data elements, how can we make sure that it's sustainable and ethical considering all of these, you know, use cases? That's a good question. And it's a very hard question to answer because even at Inform, data security is the most important thing for us, right? Because we deal with so much BII, we know that this is the utmost importance. So first thing is you have to build that those security guardrails, you have to hire the right security experts to ensure that you are putting best in practice principles to do all of this. At the same time, we also invest in things like, hey, do we need all the PII to train the models? Do we need all the PII 
to test our models, right? So we we found ways to redact all the PI information from the documents, store only the non-PI information, and test our models against it, which reduces the concern. Again, this is on top of everything else we do to ensure the security of the data that we have. But outside that, we go even a step beyond to be more cautious about that, right? We're doing redaction. At the same time, it's not just the security of the data, it's also making sure the data is unbiased, right? So we are running a bunch of evaluations on that. We are partnering with third-party firms to ensure data is unbiased. And if it is, we know of it and we can account that when we train the models. So it's it's a full stack thing. It's not one thing that you can do when your data is secure. You have to, if you want to use that data, you can't just lock it, put it in a vault somewhere. It'll be safe forever, but nobody can use it, right? It's just sitting there. So you have to build those safeguards. You have to build things like nobody can access that data. Maybe only the systems can look at the data. And do they need to look at all the data? Has to be need basis. So you build all of these safeguards, you build new tooling like redactions using redacted documents to train your models, using redacted documents to analyze your models to ensure that your data is actually safe. Yeah, I feel like I've learned so much in this small amount of time. Um, let's end with like, what do you think is the future for Informed? Like, how do you see Informed evolving from a product perspective in this landscape? I have been at Informed in the last five years. And one fun thing has been that AI has evolved so much that our approach to solving questions has evolved. And in a way where it has empowered us to be more ambitious. Right. What we could do now is something we could not do four years ago. With things like GPT being more powerful, large language model being more powerful, we are primarily investing in making sure that these tools can be leveraged by our customers. So most of our effort goes into the transparency, the quality control, the precision, the accuracy, the commit, the seller commitments that we make to our customers. So I feel informed is going to grow much bigger into document automation because we are very cautious about how we scale, how we add value to our customers in a way where they can trust us. So I see informed being a co-pilot to almost every company that requires verification, that require any document automation. And one thing that we take pride in is something customers can trust us. When we, when they use our product, they know that we are doing everything we can to make sure that the AI is performing in a way where it is transparent. It has all the safeguards possible to make sure they can be trusted in it. It's not something that they can just deploy and we forget about that, right? We continuously monitor it and we ensure any problem that comes up, we can we go after it. Most of our customers message us even for one problem that they see that happens out of like 5,000 occurrences, right? And our team goes investigates that. Our team makes sure that that problem was just an anomaly. It is not a systemic thing that we should be taking care of. Most companies out there, might just be building technology. We are really focused on the customers and making sure that they can trust our systems. I love that answer. And it seems like the future for Informed is, is very bright. And I look forward to hearing about more product enhancements and how we're going to take on the evolution of, of AI. So thank you, Jutton, so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Awesome. It was really nice talking to you, Jessica. Thank you.
Well, everyone, bye now. And remember, we want to hear from you. So send us any requests you have for topics. Um, and until then, stay informed.